0: you are listening to Tech Recruit, a podcast that educates talent acquisition and recruitment professionals on innovation to attract talent across all industries. We're glad you're here. show for the dueling sorcerers never before have we done it as a panel session it's usually the typical what are your roles we're gonna fill them but we're gonna just do a little conversation switch it up are you guys are you guys game for that sure yeah. we,
1: we don't know each other so
0: <laughs> well I'll tell you what while I'm setting up the uh, live chat Jeremy, you go way back, and that's the reason why I had you on the show. I don't know how many times I've heard your name come up as like, Jeremy Roberts was the reason. He's the one who found it. He's the one who brought all that's, this. That, that, money. No, no,
1: no, that's not what we say about Jeremy. Not, no. no.
0: Massive kudos to you, sir. Um, who? How far would you say you guys go back?
2: I. The first time I went to SourceCon was 2010. Maybe eleven. It was at um it was in New York City at a comedy club. And it Steve was... <laughs> was drinking in the bar with Chris Havrilla when I met him. And Dean was presenting downstairs in the dressing room of a comedy club with shelly That was the first time I met both of them in person.
1: That was that that was some place. That that was one of the wilder source cons.
2: Yes, it was. That was fun. Wow. It was when it was small. I mean, there were probably eighty people there. Oh. Something like that.
1: But it was it was it was a good quality eighty, and uh, you know, like like you know, people don't realize how much stuff that is now part of sourcing process, sourcing lore. Came about as a result of all these side conversations. Hey, did you know you can do this? Try this, and, yeah. and all of us are, are savants when it comes to things like that. We go, really? Let me try that one, and then we go down our own little rabbit hole. And you know, pretty soon, years later, yep. Here's this.
0: There has certainly been an evolution in how people in the recruitment industry share, um, in, you know, share each other's process and. And when I first started in recruiting, it was at Robert Hath. It was at an agency in 2007, um, you know, and, and I just remember everybody being like, this is my process. You can, I'm not going to share it with you. And, um, and then uh, in the last few years, as I've been growing my own conference and then meeting all the SourceCon professionals and HireCon, and, you know, what you grew there over um, at HireConf and also starting SourceCon the community I didn't start sort just,
2: just to make sure everybody knows yeah. that I I yeah. just worked there. I just worked there.
0: Yes. Well, I know, but you also
1: <laughs> No, no, let us let, let, we part, no, part no. of the beauty, the beauty of this community is that those of us who've been in it for a few years really do appreciate the effort that everyone put into it to 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 the point where now you can do your own thing. You know, there there there's there are found there are things that failed miserably this is this just created an interest in what we do and you know this was uh uh, this was not one person this was people who we all know now who were part of it and shared in the early years and and now of you know we have the opportunity to you know expand to that in in many many different directions you know that's you know you know jeremy and i spoke earlier today and, and it was like well what do we talk about You know what what really is you know the the future of sourcing, and the funny thing about futurism is that present day events will often strongly influence what we view as futurism. And you know, to, to me, the most dramatic change to the future of sourcing has been the coronavirus pandemic. It's changing how we work, where we work, what we use to engage people with. What's important to people, you know, and technology is only one part of that. Sure.
0: No, I, would, you, would you say that was go in a good way or a bad way, Steve? It changed in a good it's, way. It's, or bad? it's
1: it's not nuts. No, it's it's I don't view things. I, I'm as the oldest person here. Um, yeah, you know, I don't view it as good or bad. It's just something that I mean. This is the deck of cards. This is the hand of cards you're dealt with. How do we adapt to it?
3: Only seven minutes to get in. You are the oldest, Steve. That's pretty good. <laughs>
0: Does he say that with every show?
1: No, we don't do that. Only, well, especially when Jerry Crispin's on, but that's a whole other issue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jerry Crispin will be joining us at the Talent Congress on October 20th. Next week, talentcongress.com. Get in and buy your tickets. Um, you know what? I was listening to um, I, I was listening to this economist. Uh, I think it was last week, and he was talking about how in our last disruption, I think in t- the the financial crisis. And for those of you yeah. who have been in recruiting for that long, and. and you know, I graduated college in 2005 in like with a finance degree in a financial recession that just, you know, worst time to uh, graduate college anyways, which is what people are saying now, like poor people graduating college, but quite honestly, like there was so much weeding out and yes, like a lot of people lost their jobs, but a lot of disruption in the industry was for the better, like all the things that reset, which is what we're seeing now. Like How many people would have been able to work from home? And now companies are forced like, oh, okay, you can work from home. I mean, thank you, coronavirus. (laughs) You know, some people enjoy, I don't know, Jeremy, do you like working from home?
2: I've been working at home for a really (laughs) long time. So like, like 10 or 11 years, I haven't been to an office in, shoot. I guess it was probably 2012 was the last time I went to an office. So not even 10 years, but I I I wouldn't I wouldn't go to an office now, on a daily basis. I don't I don't know that I could unless it was in Denton, Texas, and there aren't very many large corporations in Denton, Texas. So Sally Beauty Denton, I think is my only way, option. Yeah, but, but by the way, the the Center Square in Denton, Texas, is really cool. That's I did a thumbs up. Yes, yeah, Steve has Steve has been here. Dean hasn't made it yet. But yeah, Steve came, he met the dogs, the kids, everybody. Well, I've met the kids. You've met the kids in Denver. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, um,
3: which Steve was came- Which, by the way, was one of the, it's really interesting, the beginning part of SourceCon was probably one of the best we've ever had. for, the, for you don't know, it was his daughter's birthday, so we celebrated that, and then we took over a bar and huddled around in a big circle, just sharing information and joking and laughing. It was really one of the cooler
2: events. Yeah, I love that. We took over the whole hotel at that yep. one. Yep. No news. better
0: way to create community than coming together like that. I mean, I bet you guys have some of the best stories.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. we probably do. <laughs> um, some we can't talk about, some we can.
0: Yeah, I saw those. I saw your hands go back like... <laughs> well,
3: we've been to a lot of them. We've seen a lot. We've done a lot. It's just the way it is.
1: You know, the, the interesting thing about, you know, since we're going to talk about the future of sourcing and community, it, it's 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 a consistent and a constant evolution. Um, you know, no, no, you don't expect staticism in, in anything we do.
2: Is that a new word? No, it's a good word. Look, here's Steve in uh, Denton, Texas, on the square. You look so much younger in 2016, Steve.
0: Thank you so much, Jeremy, for doing a throwback like that. Look at you. Is that you, Jeremy? That's me back two, four
2: years ago, five years ago.
0: So. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think I've ever seen you without a hat on.
2: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen often. It but- <laughs> doesn't happen often, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen often.
0: But you guys all have hats on.
3: <laughs> and probably for, for, for very similar reasons, as it turns out.
0: How's that? So there was a- it,
3: in my case, it's because nobody knows who I am without the hat.
2: There was a troll who used to refer to Dean as the military hack guy.
3: Oh, yes. And we all know who that is. Oh, yeah. We know who that was. We know who that is. was. That's old. So, once SourceCon, there was somebody or buddies were trying to keep keep, keep covert, making fun of pretty much everybody, not just me, everybody, Uh, for no real reason. We found out who it was. It was. And, of course, but.
1: When you try to challenge us, when you try to do something anonymously online, and, and 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 your targets for your venom as a group of sorcerers. Yeah. What, what good can come of that?
2: Not much. <laughs> I was I was working at a tech company and we had a lot of real hacker engineers and I turned them on to that challenge and our CEO came back to the office and before he called <laughs> me he added up the number of engineers and the number of hours they hours. had worked and their hourly rate and and uh, and and sent that to me. He's like, "Thanks Jeremy." So you have an afternoon of engineers working on this, but they they help solve it. So, so yeah, we're pretty sure we know who it is. No, there's are yeah. not. Pretty sure he admitted but, it. We we know who it is.
1: But but that goes. You know what what? How does this all fit into the future of sourcing? What's so so taking a
3: yeah, So back, let's talk. Let, let's take a step back yeah. for a minute. Um, Stacy mentioned something about the good part of COVID, i.e., working from home. Okay, put that to the left. But here's the bigger bad part that has come from this because of COVID, there have been a lot of layoffs just fact a lot of people are out of work which means it's now easier to find people which now means the the number of people recruiters being hired to recruit that are really understand what they're doing ie can spell boolean is very low most of the people being hired can't spell boolean why? Why? Why should they pay 50 bucks an hour for someone that can actually really recruit and source when they can pay 25 bucks an hour because there's so many people out there? And 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 so the dumbification of recruiting just keeps going, going, going. Basically, what they're doing is hiring a bunch of people that can do nothing but LinkedIn. Well, that's when you yeah. when you, you know if you if you go to and eventually LinkedIn. it's going to turn around where there will be not enough people, and then they're going to wish they had recruiters that could find the people. Sorry, Steve, I wanted to finish that. No, 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 no,
1: but but th- that, that dovetails into something that's, it, it really is, it's still prevalent today. I spoke at a, I think it was last summer, the summer before last at a healthcare conference, you know, about, about what we do and how sourcing, how important it is. I sat down for lunch the very next day and with a group of healthcare recruiters, and they're all talking about starting a sourcing function with junior recruiters yeah now, now, so this is somebody, you know, since sourcing since since the really core of sourcing is to find people who can't be found, who don't want to be found, uh, and have, and have certain skill sets and experiences that are substantial. The, the 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 logic is hire somebody who knows less about jobs and less about process and less about finding people to do just that. it's It's wholly nonsensical. And you know, part of part of the you know our challenge in the future of sourcing, <laughs> yes, Alan, it was Geisinger. Uh, part part of the future of sourcing is is the continuous <laughs> struggle. That there's a story there's a story behind that one. That's a funny one. There's the the, the, the future of sourcing. Part part of our our challenge. Everybody, any anybody, every, every conference, every community, every leader is to educate folks in how important it is to. Do sourcing a certain way, and that's it's not it's, it, it, the way to do it is not to dumb it down. The way is actually to raise up the standards, and 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 pull people towards those standards. And you know these are things that you know communities like sourcecon, communities like this new tech group, communities like other there are other communities around the world who do this tech recruit. That, that, that's <laughs> what they're trying to do. And the first one who was successful at at pulling people up and out of the cesspool of mediocrity, that's the group that's gonna start, you know, making a huge difference.
3: I I agree, but the problem you got here, and I was just getting into it. Somebody was um, asking the inevitable, which is the best sourcing tool, which of course is not the question you should be asking. Um, Somebody had replied, LinkedIn, that's all you need. You don't need nothing but LinkedIn, blah, 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 blah. blah." And and I got them on the side because I didn't want to embarrass them. And I'm like, okay, so let me ask you a question. How many times do you source out of LinkedIn today? He's like five, six. I go, how many times do you source for the same thing? Oh, probably at least one one or two of them. It's the same thing over and over again. Okay. And how many times do you see the same people over and over and over again? Oh, all the time. I go, do you ever see anybody really new? No. I go, so what are you accomplishing? What are you really accomplishing? Let me remind you, despite what LinkedIn tries to tell you, and they're full of crap, and I'll say it to them. I have. They don't have 610 million people. Profiles. Let me rephrase that. They have 610 real individual profiles. They may have 610 profiles, but one person has 13, a bunch of people are dead. I know at least 150 people are dead. A lot of people are dead. dead. Yeah, and and they won't remove them. The family's asking. It happens to everybody eventually. Yeah, but um, my point is there are fake people profiles, not enough. They have about 425 million people, give or take a little bit. There's nothing big. Okay, so when you think there's 425 million people, mathematically speaking, you can only bring a thousand results at a time. So mathematically speaking, you can never see everybody and you're competing with every other person out there who thinks they're a recruiter, but really isn't because all they can do is LinkedIn. You're pretty much going to keep seeing the same people over and over and over and over and over and over again. And your high managers are going to get tired of it at some point. And if you're an agency, they're going to say, you know what, if all you can do is LinkedIn, let's move over here. Meanwhile, uh, Facebook's got 3.5 billion people and they have cleaned it up. It used to be 5 billion. They got rid of a bunch of fakes dupes, and all that. Um, GitHub. There are people on GitHub that are not on LinkedIn. There are people on Stack Overflow not on LinkedIn. I can go on, and on, and on. But because of LinkedIn, and now because there are more people available than there are jobs, the demification of recruiting keeps going.
2: Meaning, I don't think so. I think that it's going to get better. So after the last recession, it was interesting because 2000. I started like like you. I started in 2001 or two, and then um, the the 2008 recession really the only people standing after that recession were pretty darn good you know and then as you go to these conferences you see the the bar going lower and lower it's you know the when the economy is good people are applying it's it's easier to find recruit people um so you end up with a bunch of people processing applications and then you're at a conference and they don't even speak the same language as the people who were around you know learning how to recruit in the middle of a recession right so um I don't know, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna kind of reset and a lot of the people who one, aren't passionate about it, two, aren't very good at it, they're, they're gonna disappear, right? So when when those people got laid off, they went and got a sales job, they went and got a marketing job, they went and did something totally different, right? They went into real estate, whatever it may be, right? The really passionate people who wanna to, want to take the profession forward are the ones left standing after a recession in my mind. And so- if you think about, If you think about like for us old people, like the people who we hang out with are the ones who have been through multiple cycles like this because we're going to all go back to a conference once once they let us leave the house again we're going to go to conferences we're going to look around the room and there there will be the 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 people that that you know the the last ones standing are going to be the ones that that we're going to get you know dig in with again so
1: it's true i mean you have it's it's a point it really it's 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 a straight poisson distribution the third of us each 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 time there's a, a you know an economic calamity or something of sort one third just fall off the face of the earth and do something else they just they you know one third
0: a survival calamity. of the fittest
1: and ultimately that's what it is I mean there there is to a certain extent you know from from a community standpoint you know those of us who are. You know, we've done this for a while. We're not going to leave, I mean, unless, we win, unless we win a big lottery and we're going to stay in this godforsaken. No, program.
3: I just even if I won a lottery, I'd stay because I'd be bored out of my mind if I didn't have something to do. Oh, well,
1: I wouldn't say we would have something
3: to do. I'd probably you know, end up divorced really quick to my wife. Would be I'd probably be bugging the crap out of my wife. She'd be like, okay, can you leave me alone now? <laughs> which which Bettina does every day of you anyway, but that's that's, that's a sorry. true statement. That is a true statement, but
1: but 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 it goes it goes with you know, in terms of. We, the, the more people we get involved, you know, one of the things that I, I like to see every community and which is why, you know, I, I appreciate from tech, at Tech Review, we're trying to bring in people who haven't spoken before and, and get some of these newbies, you know, stage experience. Everybody has a story to tell. Everybody has, you know, something that they can, you know, add. You know, n- not, none of us are are, are, are beyond learning. Um, you know, the the, the beauty of of, of maturing is presumably you learn that you have two years in one mouth and you use them proportionally from time to time you know I like hearing the stories uh of, of people coming up in the business um you know you you, you know we often first forget about you know the, the 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 potholes we stepped in you know moving up you know the, the in the profession and it's always good to be reminded of that and that impacts things and you know the the beauty of the beginner's mind
2: that was funny Jeremy yeah I'm playing with filters you look really young so I was seeing if you must be using a filter do you have a filter just great lighting Steve I I just look good man I just look okay okay so so go ahead Stacy what were you gonna say
0: in the time that we have all been in the last decade we've seen an evolution of a lot of different technologies. And in the last few years, there has been an economic boom pre-COVID, and it's been the hiring war, especially in technology, and the VC money that has been going into new technologies for hiring. And Jeremy, you know this, I'm sure, Uh, the rest of you guys know this too, has been massive. There has been being, there's been so many new entries of these little technologies. And then there's been these bigger companies eating them up. It's been a huge, huge market of trying to find um, professionals, you know, to hire. So the, the role that sourcing and, and you've seen a division too in the last decade of like that full desk recruiter. And now there's the recruiter who's just doing the closing, and walking them in through the interview process and who's like looking in the applicant tracking system for those who've already applied, pulling them in. And then there's the sourcer who goes through the passive, looking for passive candidates in the external markets where they haven't heard of your company and they're bringing in them in. And then there's the technologies like SeekOut and like Jeremy can talk about this, whose capabilities, I mean like they were developed by, by uh, a new what's he from Microsoft? So,
3: okay, so Anoop was one. He's more the marketing guy. John's the techie. They're both from Microsoft. They're actually right up here in Seattle. And they hired Jeremy.
0: You know, and I think despite, that... My, guys,
3: I, d- despite my warnings. Right.
0: You no, know, I love you. Down. You know,
3: I love you, Jeremy. I was happy as hell when they hired you. So I told them it was one of the best moves they ever did. Steve had
0: mentioned something earlier in the show about sourcers needing to understand not being these low-level junior professionals, but those who understand the business. They understand the challenges of the hiring manager. They understand that the pressures that they're up against and they can help them alleviate those those pains by being consultant and advisor to those hiring. And then Dean had mentioned that, you know, just hanging out on LinkedIn, that's really a junior sorcerer right there, who's somebody who can't step out and look at other external blogs. Okay, point websites. of note,
3: I don't consider do, being able to do LinkedIn even a junior sorcerer. Okay, point <laughs> out, my wife is not a very computer literate person. She's only recently figured out how to put, use Facebook on her phone. But she watched me do something on LinkedIn for five minutes and she was able to sit down and repeat it with no problem it's not hard put this word here they got it here they got it there boom it's not rocket science now creating a message network that's different but if you use the linkedin emails it really don't matter because you're not going to get much of a reply rate anyway um so i don't even consider that junior recruiter i that to me is like i can, don't take this the wrong way those of you out there but i can ask an ad, i can get an admin to do that i mean yeah my four-year-old granddaughter is probably two years from being able to do it it's not hard
0: but that's that's the point of conferences though there you know um and 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 jeremy i think you could probably attest to this as well in the industry like you jeremy or uh, dean you you're always complaining that you hear the same question over and over and over again but I heard a really great analogy. So I used to be a professional snowboarder. And when I was growing up at, in Big Bear, Snow Summit and Bear Mountain were the dueling mountains. And it was always about who could do better, who could have the bigger jumps, who could, who could. And they were like competing and it was bigger, better, better. And, and all the ski resorts were doing the same thing and people were just getting hurt. And I returned from college after I was you know, no more sponsored, you know, I wasn't sponsored anymore. I couldn't hit the jumps. They were too big for me. I was like going around. I'm like, whoa. And what ski resorts realized is they didn't have a product mix. Mm -hmm. They did not have an entry park for those who are junior. And you can't always be the big, I'm like doing the top stuff. You have to have an entry point for junior professionals to learn. And that's why these conferences and these webinars are so great and all the stuff that Jeremy's done and Dean and Steve. And like that product mix is important and that's what we're offering these learning opportunities. Jeremy, tell us. Like, well, I know, love I what what the the data that um, SeekOut's been putting out with those insights reports. Do you know Oh, much about the that? Ins-
3: well, the insights are going to be getting better if I have anything to say about it. I've been working with John before they picked up Jeremy on that. Sorry, Jeremy. I don't mean to say okay, <laughs> But I'm so focused on getting. So let me tell you what went on. Um, there was a tool called uh, Engage i believe it's engaged town but don't quote me on that that used to it have been really good yeah thank you it used to have some great uh analytics but you can't get it anymore without buying this new big suite of products which to be honest with you is definitely worth it so i had gotten older john and asked him if we could find a way to replicate some if not all of it and so we've been slowly working on it and i'm sure john told you jeremy um getting the 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 that kind of information, their salary information, whether or not they might be moving, um, and all that other type of stuff to, to create a tool that can give us the research and the sourcing and the mm-hmm. contact finding, and hopefully stop there. I really don't want to get into the ATF CRM and everything. And to, so we have a valid replacement for engaged talent. <laughs> so go ahead, I, Jeremy,
0: I was, you probably I'm know sure more sure about it now than me because I haven't had to talk
2: to John in a little while. What, what's that, Stacey?
0: I always picture a sorcerer kind of living in the CRM versus the recruiter living in the ATS.
3: The only thing I do in my CRM is stick people in it. Other than that, I don't do a damn thing. Unless somebody's too stupid to use it, and I have to do it for them.
0: But you're not using an ATS.
3: No, I don't go into the ATS either. It's not what they hire me for.
1: I I live in both worlds. Tell me, Steve. How's that? Well, because I'm I'm one of those hybrid folks that, you know... Are you a full cycle recruiter? No, no. One of the things I like about, I like, my personal preference is, is in building a sourcing team. I do like having sources who are purely, purely out of a research mode. You know, you know, the deans, uh, his son, Jeremy, you know, people of that ill. I also realize that there are times in which workflow, the workload is going to increase and you know, a, a, a sourcer, particularly experienced ones who know jobs every which way to Sunday, who know what market forces are. They know what, what salaries are, things of that nature. Um, so they can flex. You know, I, in, in my current role, you know, I flex to that role of, of uh, you know, coffee is foreclosures. That's why I drink a lot of coffee. If, if I'm going to source someone for you and I believe that they are, are that good, I want to make sure that they go through the interview in the best possible way. I'll guide them through the topics. I'll guide them through styles. I'll guide them through what to say, what not to say. When it comes time for, you know, offers, you know, I'll bring up, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know uh, concepts such as, you know, w- what is the comp ratio in the group? Let's look at internal volition versus external uh, equity. Bring all those things into it. You know, and so it's it's a, it's a hybrid model like everyone else. It, the more time you spend, look, people, Dean won't admit it, but Dean's a damn good closer. That's not that he doesn't, he'd prefer not to do that, but Dean is a badass recruiter. All of us are to a certain extent. That's that's what we are by virtue of having lived through the ups and downs and the different economies and the different hiring schemes and needs and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, in my opinion, uh, you know, a really good sourcer, according to my model is someone who, um, who can close the deal, who knows to say, I-, I know if we get this package, we structure it this way. And uh, you know, we have to take care of some of the internal equity issues too. What's the downside of that?
3: You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. There's been a, during the COVID, the other thing I've noticed is a switch a bit. So you had, you start out, you had full desk, then you had half desk, you know, you split up recruiter, sorcerer. Now they're getting tried, literally, try desks. You have a researcher who does like what I do, what my son Jeremy does. And I know a lot of them out there now that companies are looking for people that can find the people others can't find, find contact information on people that's good and all that other stuff. And then you have that person in between who pretty much handles. The, the reaching out and the, the, the initial vetting, checking the checking to who's applied, all that stuff, why the recruiter is handling the client interfacing and presenting and running um, running um, interviews. And part of the reason for that is if you're corporate, you get a lot of meetings. I, like, I mean, Jeremy's in probably 10 hours of meeting a week. So there's only so many hours and he all he does is the research side of it and the competitive intelligence and all that stuff. And there's been a real move towards that of recent. Like I do it Massive. for my company. Yeah. Jeremy does it. Um, there's a guy, there's several people at Amazon now. That's what they do. The same thing I'm doing. I'm, I just got contacted. They're looking for a manager and they thought I might want it. I'm like, Amazon? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'll say it. I'm pretty <laughs> good about that. Um, and so that's something I find really interesting. But what that allows is. Now that sorcerer doesn't need to be uber, sourcy, techie, um, OSINT, OSINT uh, borderline hacker type person. That's what the researcher does. That sourcer can literally just be somebody really good on the phone that can do LinkedIn type stuff in databases. And that's all they have to worry about doing. And then that leaves the recruiter to take care of all the other administrative, which and there's a lot of it. And dealing with the client, which is not easy to do. Most clients are pains in the butt. Uh, when I was at Microsoft, um, when I first joined, I had to get I had to work with the SBU uh, security business unit, and they were probably the worst bunch of hiring managers I've ever seen. Their whole their whole plan was to not fill positions and blame the recruiter until I got in there and then got hold of the VP and meet him, hit it off, and then I told him what I wanted to do and let it come down. Everybody else tried to start at the bottom go up. I said, no, nah, that ain't working. We'll go down. And it worked. We got them great. In fact, I set the record for hiring at Microsoft in that group. And it was really cool. But uh, I was a full desk and I had to work 70 hours a week to do it. If I had a sorcerer, I could have probably worked a normal work week. We didn't reason. Probably 50 hours. Um, but now, even Microsoft's got a research group. They got a whole group that that's all they do. They research, they target companies and look for people and do all that really cool stuff to find the people that LinkedIn will not have.
0: Hey, Jeremy, I have a question for you.
3: Yeah. In all
0: of your time of booking speakers and talking to candidates, and is there been anything that's really kind of blown you away? Like anything that you're like, wow, that's next level. That's moved the needle. I'm always looking for those, like everybody seems to be doing the same thing, but there's people, there's processes that move the needle.
2: Yeah, I I think what's, what's fascinating for me, and it kind of takes a, a scientific way of breaking down everything. So there's, there's like, there's so many different environments, right? And I, I think just even when we talk, I hear a lot of people talk about sourcers and recruiters and then statements are made as though everybody shares the same definition around all of those things right so um, i wouldn't say there's one thing that that is taking everything to the next level it's trying to program an event that addresses all of the many different environments that everybody finds themselves in so you've got startup recruiting you've got large companies Um, You've got audience members who create the tech stack and have million dollar budgets and you have audience members that they're individual contributors that all they can do is deal with the crappy tech stack they've been given and look for hacks that are free to work around that tech stack, right? So for me, there's not one thing that stands out. It's trying to program for each of those people, right? And then um, early in the event, you know, like on the first day, trying to help everybody understand where they fit. Right. So that, um, and what background the speakers are from, you know, so, um, so that everybody's kind of working from a common set of definitions, you know, um, one of the things like for me, it used to be like in 2008, 2009, it was really clear sourcing built lists and then recruiters engaged in closed deals. Right now, you've got talent identification and engagement, and then yeah. vet the first round of vetting. And then in most organizations, recruiters don't want a name unless they're qualified, interested, and available. So the definition of a sourcer in 2008 was a researcher. The definition of a sourcer today has to be able to write good emails and engage with people do the first level vetting and get them excited and hand it to a recruiter knowing that they're ready for the next step. Do you see what I'm saying? So, cool. so the biggest problem I see in most of these conversations is everybody's throwing words around, but they're all arguing from different definitions. Um, so that's, that's kind of my, you know, every, every organization is so different. So for me, it's easier to program if we want to talk about sourcing, I'm not talking about sourcers. I'm going to talk about the act of identifying candidates, right? So somebody at a, that is a recruiter might only do it 20% of their job, but they still need to do it the same way a sourcer would, right? Whereas a sorcerer may identify candidates as 80% of their job, and then 20% is the outreach and engagement piece, right? But so all talent acquisition professionals need to know how to source and they need to know how to engage and they need to know how to interview at this point, every single talent acquisition professional. So instead of identifying this is for sourcers, everybody in the room has a different job description, even though they have the same title, you know, this, this is about identifying candidates. This is about engaging candidates. This is about interviewing candidates. I don't give a crap what your title is. Right. Um, So that's the thing that, irks me more than anything and holds all of these conversations back because people are fighting about it, but they all have a different perspective. Does that make sense? I didn't answer your question. No, I created a new t- question. No,
0: It's exactly but, what I've been experiencing. I'm 100% with you. I feel like more and more like the recruiter role is almost getting smaller <laughs> and the role went from researcher to initial engagement, doing that initial assessment, Qualifying the candidate with, you know, and sending an email and then submitting them over to, you know, the the recruiter. And um, I actually have four sourcers who are working for us for Uber right now. And they told me the sourcers here, here rule the roost. It's crazy. We have no. so much insight into the process. I know it's 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 uh, all the people well, from both, over well, from Amazon, but is that what no, you're no, going to no,
3: say? No, oh. no they're, they're two things. The number one, so you, you do have a really good director over there or VP or you, whatever. You, you, Daniel, you know, and
1: that's part, know. part of the thing is, you, you know, it rules the roost because the person at the top of the T8 food chain,
0: Danielle Monaghan, oh, yeah,
1: bash supporter and, and lover of sourcing. Of course, her son is a sorcerer. Too,
3: but we won't go into that. There was only the only time I ever considered going to work at Amazon was when she was there, and mm-hmm. only if I could work for her because she gets it. I knew her that. And by the way, it. she,
1: she, there, there are, there are a few. I mean, I'm another one of those people um, that you know. If if D called me, man, I love it where I am right now, but I'd still take the call. Oh yeah. That's a, that's that's how good she is. But to to, to your to good to the, no. no 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 no. You you you've got a you've got a good group of people there, right now, and we're all friends with them. And obviously, we all love Noel too. That's a whole nother issue. Um, uh, something you said about um, now I'm forgetting. The the, the we're sourcing I think has made a, a massive um, impact. Is, and and this is I, th- I I think partially has been one of the one of the drivers behind the, the change. And, and I think it's going to impact the future, certainly impact the future of sourcing. It's how we started viewing intake sessions. You know, in 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 the old days, the job description was the intake session. But from a sourcing perspective, in order for us to find people, you know, in the nooks and crannies of life and the interwebs and here and there and everywhere, we need more information. We need more detailed information about you know, the, the person who might be in the title, about personas, about, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, about conferences, newsletters, ad infinitum. And as we've gone down that road and built up the importance of the intake strategy session from a, you know, a five, 10 minute, okay, it's in the job description, are we good right now? I gotta go, bye. To something that is substantive, that is that, that, that is always on redial, It's always a part of the process is gauging what you're finding versus what you think you need and continuously just raising the bar on the data requirements of the position. That's been one of the greatest uh, impacts on the movement from, you know, percentage being X percent, you know, this percent sourcing uh, to this percent recruiting to flip around almost the other way i mean where it's not 50 50 i think sourcing is 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 something above 50 percent of the battle and so you know you, you have you know from a tech standpoint from a future uh, 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 standpoint you have the seek outs of the world uh which are you know which to, to their credit they partner with 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 really good sourcers and ask them how can we make this better and 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 that's that collaboration between uh, platforms and industry, I think, are going to be much bigger than they have been in the past. Advisory boards are going to be, you know, for, for, for recruiting tech, sourcing tech platforms are going to be more important. You know, the, the integrations uh, between these conferences, communities, and platforms is going to be more important.
3: I also think it's going to be more important for companies like a seek out and others to have a good advisory board. I think that's very important to let them know what we really need, what we run, help guide them Uh, because we've been there, Steve, I Jeremy, and the number of us, we've been there. We know what people are looking for. We know what people think. We're the ones answering the questions on Facebook about what this, how to do this, how to do that. And it's, and, I think that's really important, but of course you got to be willing to listen to your advisory board. There's some out there who had an advisory board but never listened, and then the advisory board just left because it just—why bother? Why bother? Um, Jeremy, are you bored? Or I'm listening. What well, you need to interject? Good lord, I've never seen you this quiet my entire life. This, this is Stacy's show. Of course, mind you, most of the time when I see him, we've had a few drinks, so it might be. This a is Stacy's show you know okay. what
0: uh jeremy is uh going to emcee day three of talent congress so if oh, you would God. like to see more jeremy interjecting you can sign up at talentcongress.com. you're gonna MC Wait a day three. it's all the sourcing we uh, didn't we
1: didn't know that that we didn't know that now we i'm not sure i want to do it
3: now <laughs> no of you course
1: i also, do I love,
0: dean and Stephen we love jeremy presenting uh is, as well so as Cindy Davis, yeah wait a minute where, um, i'm i'm
2: presenting there you go that's everything so where, where's a where's a question for me dean
0: in the chat it said is um somebody asked is this the beginning of tr- or is this the beginning of the end of tradition of the traditional recruiter what do you think jeremy so it's
3: an interesting question define traditional recruiter jeremy he
0: did. um
2: <laughs> you know, I, this Action. is something I'm really passionate about. So in if you think about anybody who was around in the early 2000s, you learned kind of the art of recruiting, like how, do, how to prep a candidate for an interview, how to prep a hiring manager, how to kind of massage both sides of the deal to make sure the placements happen, how to debrief candidates, all the psychological stuff behind both sides of the deal. Um, move forward to the internet age, and when people were hired, they were basically taught how to recruit by software companies. So this is how you process people through the ATS. This is recruiting. This is how you search LinkedIn and and add them to a project. That is sourcing, right? So everyone was taught to use software. They weren't taught the psychological side of recruiting and closing deals, right? So as technology, and, and then, you know, All this data floods the internet, 2008, 2010, 2012. There were all these research groups and it was like one sourcer per recruiter, right? So you're just supporting teams. As search engines and relevancy algorithms and AI and machine learning has become more prevalent, you're going to see one dean supporting an entire group of recruiters now instead of everybody gets a dean. I'm the only person at my company that does what I do. Yeah, so company. And I so, so those of you who love sourcing, you've got to be able to code a little bit. You've got to be incredibly technical to be that person at at this point, right? And so there's not a lot of need, like a company the size of Deans only has one person doing it. Like that's a big deal. Well,
3: by all but just just to put a caveat there, number one, part of it is because the whole company is still getting used to what I can bring to the table. Yeah, like, right. they're already talking about getting a couple of mini-me's for me to train. And my son Jeremy works for another company, and he does basically what I do. Mm-hmm. And he, right now he's the only one, but they've already talked to him about a year or two from now, maybe getting another mini-me. Because at some point, it's going to take more than one. Like right now, I'm going doing a project going through a whole bunch of different conferences and pulling lists.
2: Well, that's great. Hold but on, Dean, another... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. So, Number two. So, the question, right? We'll go back to that. Which question? Uh, so, is by the way, the the, Aaron the brown I, Aaron Brown, so the the good recruiting happened from the '80s to the 2000s, right? So I started at two thousand because that's really when tech started to change the way people were trained, right so not uh, not not trying to knock the people, so I think that the psychology of recruiting, the art of recruiting, is what was taught from the you know, the early part of recruiting, when, when you weren't given software, you were given a phone book and you were taught how to close a deal, right? That's real recruiting. Now, as we've kind of moved, you know, in 2008, whoever had the biggest list of candidates won and everybody was researching. And, and then now, as we have systems that can manage data better and show us the right people at the right time, it's freeing up time for recruiters to go back and learn those skills that I call kind of the art of recruiting that was taught in the 80s to 2000, right? So so Aaron, hand, Aaron, you went exactly where I was going to go with my point. So people say, is, is traditional recruiting changing? Well, I mean, if you're 30, it, what you think is traditional recruiting is changing, but real recruiting happened before all this technology, and it was psychological, and it was a sales process, and you had to truly get inside people's heads to understand their motivations and how to close a deal. Right. And, um, at this point, people think a candidate screen is calling them and asking them if they have all the right skills. To me, a candidate screen is finding out all their motivations, finding all the potential objections, finding the things that they won't write down anywhere so that you can remind them of that when they try to back out of the deal later on. Right. So, so, People are going to start actually learning to the the psychology of recruiting and have to close deals now because there is software that is making the middle part of the process. All the clicking is is going to disappear. It's not yet, right? But it's getting better. People have more time now than they used to. Um, Systems are showing the reason there's only one person doing what Dean does for a company the size of his is because... You know what used to be a manual process: find a LinkedIn profile, match it with a face, match it with a Twitter profile, find an email address. If you can't find one, predict it. Guess what? That's one search now that one person can do in two minutes, and all of that's already been done, right? So, so, so now, yes, we're going back to the art of recruiting, which is traditional recruiting. So, if you started after two thousand five and you think that was traditional recruiting, that's not. It's going before that, and you're going to have to learn how to actually talk to people and engage with them and close deals. So, so what Jeremy just said is pretty much
3: accurate, with, with a couple of caveats. There are some tools that can do all the automation, like he said. I agree with him. I, and-
2: I would say I would say everything could be automated right now, but the audience isn't ready. I I I, I mm, like mo- most most things can be automated, but the user adoption will not be there because people don't trust it. Like the reason, like in, in, I I could sit and show you matched candidates all day long with, and and people like, which one's better? You know, most of these companies are doing a decent job of matching candidates to job descriptions. I, I could show you decent matches all day long, but people don't trust them yet. So they want to turn it off and write a 80 character Boolean string. They don't even have to write anymore because it makes them feel better, you know? So a lot of it is there but people don't trust it yet. So mm-hmm. the users are not ready to fully adopt. You know, we're handing, we're handing AI and machine learning to people who have been trying to break it, break systems with Boolean. They're trying to break systems that aren't broken. You know, they're, they're writing really long mm-hmm. Boolean strings into systems that don't require I, them at this point.
3: I think part of the reason for that though, is that for every good AI out there that does a really good job, there's an AI out there that's a piece of crap and so and everybody well, thinks an they're it's, a freaking genius not, and they
2: can tell right and, and yeah, i sure. and
3: like I said i agree with most of what you said jeremy i mean truth be told from what i know that's out there technology wise probably 90 percent of what i do can be automated there's always those one-offs that just you got to do it yourself but just the way it is <laughs> um But I agree about 90% of it could probably be automatic. A lot of what I do, I do automate. I go through my system. I do my search using a tool. I scrape it using a tool. I use another tool to take the phone. And when I'm done, I have 1,000 people. I can get 20 of them I have to find manually. The rest are done. Yep. And so I agree with you. But Mm -hmm. the point is you still need someone that understands all those tools, garbage in, garbage out, and all that crap. And you still got to have somebody that can, in their mind, know exactly, okay, you need this. Here's the process and tools I need to use. Oh, you need this? No, here's the tools you can use. Not all tools –
2: Yep. Find just the fact of life. Well, there, there's still a place for that person, but there aren't many oh, yeah. places. Uh, Jeremy, to, to- Jeremy,
0: I went I had a conversation with a head of sourcing for a very global company, who you guys would all know, but I, I don't, I don't want to necessarily put the name out there. But echoed exactly what you just said. She said, "If there's one thing I would like to do, and I think AI is going to get rid of, she's like, no one's going to want to hear this." A lot of these recruitment roles where it's going to be we want to train our sourcers because they're doing all the work, basically, on the technology. So when our um, our candidates, our technology professional engineers, our candidates go through the interview process, the sourcer can actually have the conversations with the uh, hiring managers and the interview panel as to why this candidate in an unbiased way would make a good team placement in the organization to improve those hiring numbers. And so um, training them on the technology to almost like be an engineer is number one. And then number two, getting rid of negotiators and closers, getting rid of the traditional recruiter role that that will go away.
2: They want to? I, I, yeah, they I don't think, think so. That. That's insane. That is insanity. So the yeah, funniest the why, thing why like wouldn't you be able the negotiators have- and closers are what is going to make this all work and the reason is you know, yeah. people are all people are always like I need more candidates. It's like the reason you need more candidates is cuz you can't close <laughs> deals. And if you don't have, know what you're
3: looking and you don't know what you're have, looking.
1: In the
2: first place. If I had to up your hiring
3: manager to find out what they really need.
2: So stacy you, you worked at you, topic. you worked at Robert Half. <laughs> Robert you worked at Robert Half. Robert Half isn't recruiting. No, but listen, I guarantee you she knew her ratios. It, it, you know what? hands down number one, 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 one training it, from a fortune. It's half a recruiting. <laughs> well, but the, so listen, you knew your ratios, right? Like in terms of how many interviews you had to have to close a deal. I always knew mine when I was in agency. I was at about 52, 53%. I knew mine at Microsoft and that was could, I could close over half of the people I interviewed, you know, most, most recruiting departments because they don't have negotiators and closers these days in corporate recruiting. They're just throwing people out there. And then at the end, they're like, we need more candidates. How many interviews did you have? 10. It's like you couldn't close one person out of ten. You know, so without negotiators and closers, it doesn't yeah. matter. What how about much of the rest you, automate.
0: Max, you can go in and you can buy a car for a set rate. Could cars you get are a human job beings aren't cars,
2: Stacy.
0: The car can't say no. Cars?
2: The car can't say no.
0: I'm I'm just saying cars, would cars companies are married, be able to put their their rates out there cars or their salaries. Mortgages.
2: Yeah, the cars can't say no. There's no way to remove the human element, yeah, you know, I, from every part of this.
0: would that also bring I down the free market? Of who, who actually America. said
2: that closers were going to disappear? Can't let's, say. let's. We need yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to know that. Myself, <laughs> we need to publicly your, and hold Which
0: them I'm up. buttoning my jacket. There's nothing. Okay,
3: you <laughs> so. <laughs> what are you I'm buttoning your a- jacket, <laughs> and you still <laughs> said we, it.
2: We we need to we need to get these people on. I want to hear this whole. Argument. I'm, so let me help you out. The
3: odds on the closer going away is the same odds as the Mets winning the Super Bowl. Mets mm. are ba- for those of you that don't. Mets are a baseball team. Not a right. Right. No, okay. No, not everybody, everybody knows have that. to be there. You what I see happening. You got your. It's going to be no more recruiter sorcerer. It's going to be
2: closer researcher sorcerer. That's the uh, yeah. That what? The opposite model. is now the I'm opposite is somewhere. what's going to tell happen. Me about that basically the agree. you can process everything else at the end you need the closure to tie up the deals
0: mm-hmm.
2: like that's what's going to well that's my point closer. those are the two most important things you, you can't do anything if
3: you can't find them and if you can't once you find them you can't do anything if you can't close them those are the two most important
2: elements the stuff in between the but even the sorcerer is going to be Man. more of a curator it's going to be a curator a like, point, watching, a point, the, watching the machine to a Jeremy,
3: point we'll, it's we'll too many tools out there, like the OSINT awesome tools that Steve and I use, require you to program. You have to know Python. You got to be able to stick it in Linux. And there is no way to automate all those tools. And no matter how much you want to say, no one tool can find everything yet. It may come. I don't know. But we're not there yet. I mean, we're throwing around the AI word. Let's get real. We don't really have an AI yet. We have machine learning on steroids. It's yeah, not you... AI yet. Well, you yeah, want to get an AI, close. go watch Star Trek Next Generation, see the character named Data. Yeah, That's I an AI. We're not an AI yet. We have machine learning on steroids, which is good. It works. I love it. It is the first place you go. I don't get roles that that you would go there for. I get the roles they can't go there for. We've got three. That's the whole point. There are two that's there, when they there, come to me. There, there,
1: there are two solid reasons for using sorcerers. Number one, it's repeatability. You know, you have a lot of people, and you've, you know, you 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 can't fish in one pond your whole life and expect to be fed. You know, so one so the, so so is one critical role for sources is, is increasing the size of the pool, especially if you have a, you know, a large number of repeatable openings. Uh, the other part is that Dean refers to this is what happens when the shit's hitting the fan, and nothing's worked, and you forgot to bring the sources in from the beginning. Holy shit! You know, we need we need to find people right now, really quickly. Can you help us? That's what we do. Those are the two solid roles right now. Uh, the uh, the uh, the the part about us, you know, in order to do that well, so really great sources are so knowledgeable of what's actually out there, even for a job they've never worked on before. Really good sources know how to come up to speed very quickly, and once that's done, then we you know th- then we use that you know the guile and wisdom and tools, all all interchangeably like juggling balls to, 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 to get this thing started. And then we feed it back to, you know, hiring managers. Oh, I forgot about that. And, you know, we get, you know, that's why it's really good sourcing the, the part about meeting with the hiring manager every week, giving them an update, show, showing them what you found, helping them, you know, come up with, you know, you know, Oh, I didn't realize that, 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 that you meant that when you call this person, whatever it might be, you know, that's, what we do well—that's that's what we need to push more of, yeah. and uh, and not just you know a single Chrome extension, but you know how to use the right tools the right way. How to use how to use the right tools in new ways they weren't even envisioned.
3: And and in there lies another crux for the researcher sourcer. I've got just on Chrome, I've got like twelve Chrome-based browsers. Just on the main Chrome, I have seven hundred forty-eight yeah. extensions. You have to know which extension does what almost instantaneously and how to put together the process. Okay. I'm looking for Java. I'm going to go here, use boom, 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 boom. And it changes based on the role, based on where you search, based on what site it is like I'm doing right now. I have to create a scraper for each site because each site's different and there's no scraper that will do them all. So I have to do it from scratch, which requires HTML programming, a little Python and there you go.
0: Um, We got a few moments left in the show here. Jeremy, you know who you sound, who you reminded me of when you're talking about motivators and and kind of sales techniques that harken back to the day before 2000. And do you know who you remind me of? Our really good friend Lou Adler.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know the funniest thing listen, I went to he's a Lou Adler, the
0: only one I know who talks about that initial phone screen and motivators. What up, Jeremy? <laughs>
2: yep. No, Lou. Lou is. Funny because like you'll you'll go you'll meet somebody new to the business and they'll be like, I saw Lou Adler and it was so new. And it's like, no, that's 1985. (laughs) that's 1985. (laughs) Like it it is Is like and I and I'm not insulting Lou because I love what Lou does. Like Lou does great work, but the funniest thing is if you go to an executive search firm, that's how they all operate. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's what they do. Like that is recruiting. Like what, what all these corporate button pushers are doing is not recruiting at all. He's, he's, he's the best one. And I've worked with a few different trainers who they're like, Jeremy, how do I, how do I take this old school knowledge and get it into corporate recruiting? What are the differences? Right. Lou did a great job of taking old school executive search training and then understanding what couldn't be said in a corporate environment and translating it and selling it to large corporations. Yeah. Yeah. So he has done a really good job. And then you've got like the new wave. Everybody needs to be a talent advisor, right? All that is, is the true art of recruiting, you know, in words that a corporate leader can stomach you know what i'm saying like because search That's firm true. stuff like we were so hardcore that it scares a lot of corporate recruiters or recruiting leaders yeah. right just the the language that you use and kind of the takeaways and you know um not extending the offer until you know they're gonna accept like all those little games right but what lou's done is he's taken all of those and made them subtle enough for corporations to digest and then sold it and it's worked you know it, it, for those of you i don't know if i've got it I cleaned up my desk the other day, but I had top grading is my favorite book on recruiting. Oh, if you guys have looked at that classic book, top grading is a really good one.
0: Um, are you talking about Lou Adler books? I haven't oh, see, no. I haven't. I
2: haven't read Lou's. Oh, no, 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 no. I've got so many freaking sourcing <laughs> books.
0: Steve Steve's like, books no, 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 funny. no. But that,
2: have- there are a <laughs> bunch of books on recruiting. If you There's go, if,
0: if you do, you guys on-
2: actually read those. Yes, if you go on the page, I read the, the first section about books. Is... I don't ever like I applaud all my friends who write books but I've that's never last, read any of them the
0: That's the last oh, That's a good I read. one.
2: That's the last yeah. one I read. I've never read any of them. I I'm sorry to text, all my friends, my friends who self-published.
0: <laughs> this is actually yeah. the best one, the 4-hour work week. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh. yeah. No. I love to I love to read but not how to Recruit Books.
0: This is Dean's book, The Book of Recruiting DaCosta Style.
2: That's
3: one of my books.
0: Um, yeah, that's one. Wait, we got to close up the show. Br- bring it back over.
3: <laughs> I, was <looking laughs> for a, I was looking for a, a particular book that's probably one of the best books there is for those of you. It, oh, it's out- on
2: the top right over there, Dean.
3: Top right. Uh, actually, no, it's not. I think Jeremy's got it. It's, uh, it's actually a book for the closer.
0: No? Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Anywho, I'll, I'll text Lou. He'll love to know that we're talking about him. It's top of the hour. We want to thank oh, to, and I top, top grading is a great book. Yeah, there's some people in there talking about. Um, I want to thank everybody for being here on the um, Dueling Sorcerers show. This is something new we've done. We've never done a panel style, but um, I look I forward. to will never do it see- again. <laughs> it it got it it went up a notch there for a little bit. Um, So we'll look forward to seeing everybody next week on October 20th through the 22nd is Talent Congress 2020. It's our only three-day conference. Um, We usually do the tech recruit conferences, but we can't do those in person anymore. So uh, day one is all strategy, recruitment strategy. Day two is talent intelligence and analytics. And day three is recruitment and sourcing. Jeremy will be emceeing, Steve will be speaking, and so will Dean. And we'll look forward to seeing all of our 40 speakers and you there. You can find out, more at talentcongress.com and we'll see everybody next week. Jeremy, if anybody wants to get hold of you, how can they do that?
2: Um, I guess LinkedIn. I don't know. I don't like uh, us using sure, LinkedIn sure. or anything, but um maybe Twitter at seekout.io. Jeremy at seekout.io. Yeah, let's do that. Steve, Jeremy how
1: about uh, best way is as it turns out, if you Google me, apparently, it's the first hit. <laughs> So we go Steve Levy recruiting email might be the first hit. So if you Google
2: me, me, if you Google me, you get um, Jason Roberts, little brother, who is an evangelical pastor. That's not me. I love Jason Roberts and Jeremy Roberts is a great guy, but I'm the other one. Yes. Yes.
0: And Dean (laughs) DaCosta, if anybody would like to ask you more questions, get hold of you. How can they do that?
3: same thing as steve just google me the whole the first page is all made my emails google on every me. one of them yep
0: google and me. everybody if you want to see a recast of this show we'll have it on techrecruit.io along with all of our other dueling sorcerer show and shows and we'll be back here next week and every tuesday and wednesday have yourself a wonderful week bye-bye see
2: you bye. guys bye y'all
3: later